Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Happy Easter! We're so glad that you guys have joined us here on Easter Sunday. It's a pretty special day, isn't it, Rob? It is. I know for everybody, it's a day that everybody, the whole world seems to stop. Um, yeah. And so even right now, the whole world is stopped during is. the COVID crisis. So yeah. no better time to just join in with us. We're grateful that you have. Um, just wanting to remind you, this is our home. And so there's kids over here and, and a couple of dogs on the couch. So background noise, we're sorry, but yes. it is what it is. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, right. This might look like your public library, but it's not. <laughs> All these books here are Romy's books, and it's not even scratching the surface of the books in our house. I've written, written, I've read a few of them. I think you've probably <laughs> read most of them. So I know everybody keeps asking, what is this backdrop? Where are you guys? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to my home. It's pretty much books and dogs. That's what we have. <laughs> There's only three dogs. <laughs> only three, and they're very small. Make a lot of noise. But they're very loud. Make noise like there's a lot more of them. Yes. So you might hear a few dog nails across our wooden floor during the course of the message. But we just wanted to invite you into our lives and our living room. I know your life probably looks very similar to ours. And so um, we wanted to make sure that today you not just were welcomed into our living room, but <clears throat> we wanted to share you with you the message that Easter is all about. You know, I know this is a time of Easter baskets and uh, it used to be family dinners. I don't know if it still is for people anymore. And and all those things are fun. They're great. I love family holidays when the family gets together. But really the importance of today is that Jesus raised from the dead. Yeah. yeah. We had Good Friday yeah. uh, two days ago. And we actually, as a church, we kind of had Zoom communion meetings, which was pretty cool. We got to see our church and all the people in it and many others joined in as well to remember that the cross was the place where we got victory over sin. But today, Easter Sunday, is where we remember that Jesus raised from the dead, that we can also have victory over death. Mm, amen. And a victory over the grave, isn't it? Mm, amen. And um, just in a moment, we're just going to um, share with you a song, and it's um, a song written for some people in our church. It's a very beautiful song yeah. um, on the safety of the Father. And um, Psalm 91 specifically talks about the safety of the Father and His loving care and concern yeah. over our lives. And um, Psalm 91 is it talks about when we just draw up under His wings, close to His heart, and that place of comfort and protection that, that everybody is free to receive, yeah. by the way. Um, and so it talks about, even right now specifically for COVID, it talks about He protects us from the plague and from disease mm. that flies by day or flies by night. And so it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And so... Can I encourage you, as we, as we play this song, uh, and it's called Safe, like Romy mentioned, let's, I mean, it'd be great to just have this song minister to you, but I'd encourage you to worship along with it. You may not know the words. I know it's a brand new song, and you don't have a lyric sheet in front of you or a screen that has the lyrics to it, but worship is more the expression of your heart. And so we encourage you to worship along with this song. The, the chorus is pretty easy to, to catch, the safe, safe soul be still. And let this song not just minister to you, but why don't you use it today to bless God with your voice. The Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord. So you don't have to be on key. Nobody else can hear you except maybe your kids and family or the dogs that are with you. So come on, lift your voice. Let's worship together as we enjoy this song.
song so much mm. so safe safe um, it's a beautiful song it was written by people in our church so I'm very grateful for that but we're really grateful for the actual the, the point of the song is the safety that we have yeah. in the father's heart and that's the very thing that Jesus won back for us uh, this weekend mm. what we celebrate we celebrate his life and his death and his resurrection his life is that Jesus came as a man to live on the earth as a man yeah. fully God but but fully man so he set aside his divinity aspect so he could be filled with the Holy Spirit to demonstrate how you and I can be lived live life full mm. of the Holy Spirit living according to the Father's will yeah. then he died on the cross breaking the power of all sickness and all shame and all guilt and all disease and death itself has been completely annihilated by the point that moment in time when he yeah. died on the cross mm. and then when he rose from the dead to a new life that resurrection life mm. he's been raised to the highest place in heaven Amen. and he is king and so he's sitting on the throne in heaven as king but we also we get to join in that same resurrection we do yeah. we do and i love that scripture that says we are seated in heavenly places with christ amen amen so where he is sitting on the throne the bible tells us that if we put our faith in him that we're actually seated with him which really changes our perspective amen. on these present circumstances amen. and so the safety that we experience today yeah. is because of the blood of jesus because of the sacrifice that he made god exalted amen. him amen. to the right hand and we are seated with him so for us our safety comes from the very thing that we're going to talk about today. amen 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 the safety the safety is that we've placed our lives in the care of jesus and we can trust him yeah we've placed our lives in his hand and he's the one that we can trust that hand is big enough to crush but he's so gentle and so kind yet he yeah. doesn't that hand instead for us protects us and yeah. so we're safe yeah. We're safe. He crushes the enemy. He doesn't crush yeah. us. Yeah. Right? He, <laughs> Amen. He, he crushes COVID. Amen. Which Amen. we're believing for in Amen. Jesus' name. So we wanted to talk a bit about Easter. It's Easter Sunday. Why does Easter matter? What's the big deal? What's going on? How is this different to any other time that we celebrate together as a church? You know, Easter is important, and, and we're just going to kind of Maybe answer some questions. It's a bit of a Q&A, maybe some common questions that people have, but just give us some perspective on this. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, I mean, there are, Jesus is the, the Messiah. He is the promised one, the anointed one, that God's son, as you mentioned, it's God who became a man so that he could take on the sins of the world, die for us so that sin would be dealt with and that our sin would die with him on the cross right. and then he can rule and reign uh, on the throne as you just Amen. mentioned and so that's the reason that he came and, and and Easter is a remembrance of the sacrifice and the resurrection but in the Bible you see the Bible is divided into two parts the Old Testament and the New Testament the Old Testament is everything the way God interacted with his people the Hebrews prior to Jesus's arrival in the New Testament 
begins with the arrival as Jesus as Messiah. In fact, it was such an important day that all of history, the time is divided between B.C. and A.D., right, the time when right, Jesus actually right, came. Right. But the Old Testament was full of all of these prophecies about who the Messiah would be, the things that would happen in his lifetime, and, and, and describing all these actions that would happen. And there's actually over 574 Old Testament verses describing the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Every single one of these prophecies was fulfilled yeah, yeah. in the life of Jesus. Yeah. He only lived on the earth uh, for 30 years before he was crucified. 30 or 33? Did I get it right? 33. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> My math is off. 33 years uh, before he was actually crucified. And so three years of ministry. That's yeah, what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. 30 years, then he began his ministry. Three years of it's ministry. Right. And then it's he right. was. And you know what? You know what? People kind of are off on a few months of these yeah. things anyway, so it's really okay. Yes. Um, I was a political science major. I was not a <laughs> math major. So we're, we're getting it straight. But luckily, I live with the resident theologian of <laughs> She really is. And, uh, but anyway, they have all these prophecies about Jesus, 574 Old Testament verses, and they were all fulfilled in him. But one of them was probably more important than all the others. And Jesus actually said this in John chapter 2, verse 18, if you're reading along with us. The Jews were responding to Jesus because he had just overturned all the tables in the mm -hmm. temple of the money changers, people that were uh, robbing the people of something that they should have been offered, uh, uh, sacrificing to God for themselves. And the Jews are going, what authority do you have to mm -hmm. do this? Mm -hmm. And he, they say to him in verse 18, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And he was raised from the dead. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Jesus was predicting his own death. And he even at the Last Supper tells his disciples the same thing. I'm going to go away for a little time, then I'm going to come back. Jesus told us before he died that he was going to die and he was going to be raised from mm -hmm. the dead. Now, I've made a lot of predictions in my life about things. Sometimes you can fulfill them on your own and sometimes you can't. But this is a pretty big one. Yeah. To say I'm going to raise from the dead. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, do you know what would happen? it would probably have invalidated every other thing that he said about himself and possibly even all the other fulfilled scriptures. But the fact that he said he was going to do it and then he actually did it gives validity to everything else that he said about himself. And when we talk about how we can have a relationship with God the Father and how can we can be saved, there's really only one path to do that, isn't that? What did Jesus say about that? Yeah, uh, well, John 14 uh, I think it's verse 6 says, Jesus, his own words, I am the only way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard thing for a lot of people because they say, how can it be through one man only? Mm. Well, that's the point of faith in the first place. If we trust in this man called Jesus yeah. and we respond to his call upon our heart to give our lives to him, the point is that we, we realize that his access to the Father, his access to eternal life is only through this one man, this one sacrifice, mm. which was his own life on the cross. And so when people say yeah. that there must be other ways, 
well, to say that would invalidate the cross. Yeah. And so to say that there are other ways other than the means that Jesus provided with his own life literally removes the need for the cross of Christ. And so yeah. why would there be such a big sacrifice of God himself coming as a man mm. to die on the cross and then be raised if there were other means? And there's really not. There's no other means by which man can be saved except through Jesus Christ alone. And it's an easy thing, actually. Yeah. It's an easy thing to receive salvation because Jesus did say that anybody who believes in him yeah. will be saved. Anybody who believes in him will receive eternal life. It's a matter of saying, Lord, I believe. And even in that prayer, you can say, Lord, I believe, but help my faith. Help me to respond to yeah. you. Help me to help me to believe. Help me to see what you want me to see. Hmm. It's an easy thing. It's not hard. Yeah. And so those words, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me, mm. those are big words. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes words can be pretty empty, pretty shallow, because mm. actions speak louder That's than words. True. That's true. And so if Jesus had just said that, mm. and we only put our faith in Him because mm. it sounded good, mm. or because He was a great speaker or a great communicator, then there's a possibility that we could get it wrong by putting our faith in somebody who just claimed to be something. But Jesus backed yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. When Amen. he raised Amen. from the dead, Amen. it validated what he said about himself, mm -hmm. which was, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. He is the way. Mm -hmm. He is the truth, and he is the life, not just because mm -hmm. he said it, but because he demonstrated it mm -hmm. by raising from the dead. There's no other leader or prophet or anything like that that I mean, ever did that before, right. that raised themselves from the yeah. dead yeah. and lived and showed themselves <laughs> to other people. Only Jesus. It's because only He is the Son of God. And I know some people try to find all kinds of paths to get to heaven. They try to find, if I just do all the right things, or if I'm good enough, or as long as I sincerely believe, then I'll be okay. But you can sincerely believe in something and be wrong. In 1492, there were lots of people that sincerely believed that the world was flat. Then Columbus sails to America, discovers that the world is round, or might have happened sometime even before Columbus, but all of a sudden the prevailing thought of the day was proved to be false. Because actions speak louder than words. Just because I believe something to be true doesn't mean it's true. But we need a demonstration that Jesus is who he says he was, and that's what the resurrection did for us. Amen. So just just to reiterate here what Clayton has just said, um, there's, it's not about being good. It's not about me trying to live a good life, like yeah. a good ethical life. There's a lot of people, even unbelieving people say, well, there was this person called Jesus and uh, we can agree with his ethical life. We can agree with his good life of good deeds and loving your neighbor because that all sounds very nice. Um, but that is not what gets a person into heaven. Our good deeds do not get us into heaven. And there's been many religions that have risen and fallen based yeah. upon doing good and our own works. Sure and the fact is that our own works are like filthy, dirty rags before the Father. Hmm. None of them are good. Nothing I can do can save me. Nothing I can do can bring me access into heaven. Nothing yeah. but the very blood of Jesus that yes. was shed upon the cross and his yes. body that was um, killed. He was killed for me. And so if I could... If I'm looking at the cross and I, I can see that his blood was shed and his life was his mm. blood shed, his life killed, and then he raised from the dead, mm. why then do I try and think through my own good deeds or some kind of good merits mm. or some kind of good good things that I can do? Why am I trying to add that to the cross? Why would I try and add a good life yeah. 
to what Jesus has already done. Is that I can't. There's no need. No, yeah. there's no need at all. Because yeah. one, the two cancel each other out. It's either by good deeds or it's by the cross. Hmm. It's not both. So it's pure, pure faith and receiving by faith that yeah. Jesus Christ has won for you the victory over sin and sickness and disease, and he's won for you a spiritual, new spiritual life. You come alive in him, and now yes. you are seated with him in heavenly places, yeah. and now you also are the receiver of eternal life yeah. in him. That's beautiful. Yeah. So how do we know you're raised from the dead? I mean, that's a pretty big thing, right? In order for somebody to have done that, you'd want some kind of proof of it, right? Do you know there's more evidence that Jesus raised from the dead than most other historical moments that we think we know about around the same time period? There's more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than there is that Homer wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey. That's right, that's right. There's incredible yeah. evidence. Yeah. He was seen by many. When he rose from the dead, he didn't just raise from the dead and then go straight to heaven. He spent time walking around and talking to people and teaching people. There were eyewitnesses right. to him being raised from the dead. And those, those people who were eyewitnesses wrote about it. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, wrote about their experience of being, mm -hmm. some of them being eyewitnesses to what actually, uh, to a resurrected Jesus. Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. important thing to have yeah. happened. Yeah. I, I think well, it's interesting the point he just raised. We, we hadn't even talked about this, but I find it interesting. Um, you mentioned Homer and the Iliad, but we, we talk about people, men like Aristotle, yeah. And um, there's, there's nowhere near the amount of evidence that those men even existed or, or writers and the, what we've developed so mm. much of philosophy on today in comparison to the monumental mountains of evidence that yeah. Jesus was real. He was a man who existed, he lived and breathed, and he did die on the cross and he was raised from the dead. There's over 25,000 just pieces of different documents and um, manuscripts yeah. proving again and again and again he was a real man, yeah. flesh and blood man who lived and died and was raised from the dead because he's also God and so we yeah. we easily go oh yeah we, we, we trust Aristotle we go yeah well, I hear that I've been taught that yeah. as philosophy that we're taught in schools and we don't question it yet when it comes to the very man Jesus where there's mountains of more evidence that this man was real and existed and we have we have his Bible the Bible yeah. given to us that's the question over everybody because the hard thing for people is that it removes, to believe in Jesus removes my goodness. My goodness. Mm -hmm. It removes my ability to have any kind of self-righteousness or self-satisfaction mm -hmm. or my own pride. I cannot boast in the things that he's now freely given me because their salvation mm -hmm. is a free gift from heaven. And so what it also means is one person can't say, look at me yeah. and my good life and then point to the person, their neighbor next to them in a hypocritical way and say, I'm better than you. Yeah. It also means I can't say, look, I've lived relatively sinless in comparison to the prostitute down the street. Mm. I can see where I'd receive good, um, like a good future and I'd receive salvation, but the prostitute or the drug addict wouldn't. No, no. God does not measure that at all. He yeah. only measures the faith response in our heart that just freely accepts this thing called salvation. Yeah. God's free salvation is for all. And it doesn't matter what your past life has been like. It doesn't matter what you've been involved in. It is pure, pure gift out of the Father's heart because he's loving and he's good. And mm. Jesus won for you the salvation that you, you, you freely can receive it. He did. He so, did. He did. You know, one of the other evidences that I think, how do we know Jesus raised from the dead? that really strikes me is when we read of the changed lives of the disciples. Mm. 
You know, Jesus chose 12 disciples that mm -hmm. traveled on with them, or 12 apostles. Right, right, right. And one of them was a guy named Peter. And Peter was a fisherman. That's how he actually, that's, that was his job before he became a disciple. And Peter's whole life, when Jesus was walking around the earth during those three years of his ministry, was riddled with these highs and lows. Like he would have these great moments of faith, and then he would just crash and burn and have <laughs> these great moments. He was not an even-keeled guy. He was either high or he was low. And raging angry. And raging angry, you know? I, I, I Come very. That's right. But he never really got it. Like, he, he had these great moments, but it never really sunk in. He was always playing catch-up to Jesus, of trying to understand what this whole thing was all about. And there was moments in his life when Peter had really big battles with fear. Mm. And even when Jesus was arrested, before that he said, I'll die for you, Jesus. And Jesus predicted his denial. He said, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And sure enough, at the moment when Jesus, the man, would have needed his friends around him the most, at least you would have thought of that, all of his friends abandoned him. These 12 people scattered. They were scared for their lives. Yeah. They were hiding yeah. Yeah. in different yeah. rooms. They yeah. weren't together. Yeah. And even Peter, at that moment, had an opportunity because somebody said, hey, weren't you with Jesus? And he goes, no, 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 I wasn't with him. And he denies him again. The third account, the Bible says it was a slave girl that said to him around a campfire, aren't you one of his disciples? And he curses and says, I don't even know the man. Now, I want you to understand this in an historical context. A slave girl would have been considered the most powerless person of the day because mm -hmm. women did not have the same uh, equality that they have today in our country. And I know we still got a long way to go, but certainly we're back doing then, right in this country, though. I'm going to just are. speak to that because yeah. this country is amazing for women in this country. Yeah, it is. Amen. It go. is. And getting better. <laughs> and the church is too. Amen. But she was also a slave. So this is a picture of the most powerless person ever. And yet, Peter is scared of what this powerless person mm. in society's mm -hmm. eyes is saying, like cowering in fear. But yet, when you see the same Peter in Acts chapter 4, he is standing up in front of the Sanhedrin, who is the most powerful people in his day other than Rome, because it's the rulers and it's the authority, mm -hmm. the same people who sentenced Jesus to death, who yelled, crucify him, He's now standing in front of, and he gives the boldest, most yeah, declarative yeah, 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 message yeah. of the gospel that I think I've read in the mm -hmm. Bible. And he is boldly mm -hmm. standing in front of them, and he tells them, this Jesus whom you crucified, who you killed, mm -hmm. he's pointing the finger, but yet giving hope and saying, yeah, if you put yeah. your hope in him, you can be saved too. It's only by him. And you see this guy, Peter, along with John, and you're like, this is not mm -hmm. the same Peter who denied Jesus in front of this little slave girl. He's gone from being scared of the most powerless thing in town to boldly declaring in front of the most powerful people in town, this Jesus. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. It's because Peter saw Jesus raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. Jesus appears to Peter, specifically Peter, and reinstates him in this beautiful picture mm. in the Gospels. And Peter saw Jesus raised from the dead, and it changed his life. Yeah. He, from that moment on, declared Jesus powerfully and effectively. That combined with the filling of the Holy Spirit, which Romeo will talk about in a moment. But it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, after the speech, 
The Sanhedrin says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, what a nice thing to have said about you. <laughs> when he realized, I'm okay, say it all day. Because yeah. it's, it's not about, like, Jesus is who is great in That's us. That's right. Amen. But when they saw that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were yeah. astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah. What made the difference in Peter? Peter saw Jesus raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. That is some of the biggest evidence is mm -hmm. these changed lives of these disciples. Remember the other 11 disciples we said that were all cowering in fear and, and hiding and running away and not wanting to have the same fate that Jesus was about to face and going to the cross? Mm -hmm. Do you know that all but one of them suffered a martyr's death? They were killed for their faith. Some of these in the most gruesome ways you could ever know possible. It's said that Peter was crucified but was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy mm. to suffer the same death that Jesus did. And John died of old age just so God could keep him around long enough to write the book of Revelation. But all of these suffered this death. Why? Because their lives were changed because they encountered the risen Jesus. Mm -hmm. Our lives can be mm -hmm. changed by encountering yeah. the yeah. same resurrected Jesus today. Yeah. We know that he raised from the dead because yeah. of, and there's so many more evidences as well, but this is one great example of how we know. Yeah, amen. Um, you know, so there's an aspect to this that is um, Jesus died and was raised to the, from the dead. Mm. But um, we, when we accept Christ and make him our Lord, our old man, that old person mm. dies with him and is buried with him and then is raised to a new life in Christ. And so that same resurrection life that he he was raised to new, newness of life. We are also raised to a spiritual new life. And so there's a term, maybe you've heard it, as the new creation in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. Yeah. This is the newness, the new resurrection life that, that every single believer, every person that's put their faith in Jesus receives mm. a brand new life, a brand new fresh start. Mm. The old things are gone, the new things are about to come. Your old life of mistake and sin and shame, that the things that you'd rather not talk about, that's completely gone and you get a fresh start a new start in Jesus and so he's never ever looking at you going what about that thing in your past he's only ever looking through this 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 lens of great beauty because he sees you with great beauty he's looking at you through this lens of his own purity because you receive Christ's purity into your life he you receive it as a free gift it's that choice to follow him, that choice to put our lives in his care, and we receive his righteousness. Again, free gift, nothing we can earn, something that we just trust him for, and we relax in him knowing that he has done it, and we're just the receivers. Yeah. And so to understand what this resurrection life means is very key for the believer. We are raised to a new life in him, and we are now a new creation in Christ. Um, Beautiful. Should I read some scripture? Yeah, let's read some scripture. Okay. <laughs> so I have, I have I've, I've pulled up just a couple of portions of scripture. And um, I, I will read from Ephesians 2. Um, because, of, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. So again, this is nothing that we could do because we were dead, spiritually dead, spiritually unable to do anything at all about our sin. Mm. And it was because of God's great love for us that he raised us with Christ from the dead. Mm. Um, verse seven, oh, verse six. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms 
with Jesus Christ. Yeah, so here's the thing. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my lounge room. I get that, right? But there's also that spiritual aspect that we also are seated now from a place in heaven with Jesus. And so we, as a new believer, as a new creation, someone who's experienced this resurrection life on mm. the inside, my life is radically changed. And now I live from a place of from heaven to earth. I live from a place of yeah. viewing yes. with a new perspective. I don't have an earthly perspective. I don't have my own shame, guilt perspective anymore. I've got to raise my eyes to that of Jesus and yeah. understand the view that he wants me to have of my life and all of the things around me mm. are his view. And so he's looking from heaven. My life must be raised to, is raised to that same place. My perspective mm. must also be raised from that yeah. place. It changes the way you live and breathe and move upon this earth. And so everything the Bible says, actually everything that we have is we live and breathe and move and have our being through him now. You know what I love Yes. You know what I love about that verse in Ephesians chapter 2? It says that we are seated with Him. Yeah, current. And God raises up with Christ and seated us. Amen. It's not will be seated. Right. They're not talking about when you get to heaven, you'll be seated right. with Christ. No, We're seated with yeah. Him now. It's a very... So, and I, I, I do understand a lot of people are not taught this. A lot of people are taught that they're still, they're, they're, they're saved, but it's like the smell of, smell of hell still on them getting into heaven. Yeah. And that's really a very yeah. wrong way of looking at salvation because the salvation that Jesus won for us and the resurrection life that we've been brought into, yeah. the same resurrection. Um, actually, Colossians 2 says that we've been buried with Christ. Um, and so that's the full burial. That old man, that old sinful man has been fully, fully put to death and yeah. died an old death. So the old stinking life has been fully killed off, right? The same way that Jesus was crucified, our old life of sin and shame and the reckless things we did that brought yeah. shame and invited us to live a life that was less than was also killed off with yeah. Christ. And so because he's been raised, now yeah. we've also been raised. And in fact, Jesus said in John 14, um, he said that because I live, you live. And he's speaking specifically about spiritual life that we have in him, this new, new spiritual life. It's an overcoming life, very, very overcoming life, very powerful life. Yes. Um, not one that is to sit down and be quiet, but one to, is to absolutely live by the truth of the word of God with the absolute conviction on the inside that he lives on the inside and empowers our every single daily you know, every single day, even in the mundane things, he's right there with you and yes. his power is working in you to even change those mundane moments oh. into moments of great um, beauty because he's with them in you. He's with you in every moment. Yes. Um, but it's a very, very powerful life the Christian lives. Very powerful life. You know, one of the things that um, I kind of hear a lot, and I think you talked about being seated with Christ is... I know what people mean by this, but I often hear the expression, I'm just a sinner who is saved by grace. And it's true that the blood of Jesus washes away our sins and saves us. But when you look at this scripture about how we're seated with Christ, this is speaking of a position of authority, which means that, and you mentioned that, that other scripture in Corinthians where our, uh, our old man is buried with Christ. It's crucified mm -hmm. with that Christ. That old sin man, that old, old sinner, sin yeah. has died and has been buried. So the believer can no longer say, I am just a sinner saved by grace. Because the point of being saved, that old sinful nature has been mm. killed off yeah. and you've been given a brand new nature, the yeah. new creation in Christ. This is the thing. And so believers get locked sometimes in their thinking and sat down and limited 
and, and sometimes yeah. hindered from really getting up and understanding their identity yeah. because they think they're still living in enslavement to this old sinful state. And there yeah. is no enslavement to that sinful state now unless we believe we're still enslaved over there to yeah. it. But the scripture very clearly lays out, I'm a new creation. Yes. That old man is gone. Yeah. The new man has come. I am a new creation in Christ. A new identity. Right. And, and Ephesians also tells us that we are adopted into God's family mm, as amen. sons and daughters. Yeah. Spiritual family. Spiritual yeah. family, that's yeah. right. So There's no sin in that family. There's no sinfulness yeah. in yeah. that family. So you can't have it both ways. Yeah. You can't say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, but I'm yeah. in the family of God. No, the nature is brand new. You're, you're a brand new creation and you've been translated from yes. one kingdom into now God's family, the kingdom of God. Yeah. So it's from a position yeah. of sonship yeah. or daughterhood yeah. is the way we actually see this from. Amen. Now, I can still sin as a, as a Christian. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I no longer sin. Right. But I don't identify as a, as a sinner. What, identify so, as. That's a big thing. Is, I mean, that's, I don't that's, identify as a sinner. I identify... <laughs> As a I mean, son. That's the thing. That's what you just said. Yeah. That's the thing is, so people go, but I still mess up and I still sin. And of course, I still yeah. make mistakes. And, I, you know, none of us will stop doing that necessarily. We can get do less of it, hopefully. So a brand new creation in Christ, the new man, yeah. um, still comes, even though we've given a new identity in Christ. Yes. There's some old habits I might need to let go of. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And so I've got to allow the Holy Spirit now to come in and really clean out my heart and clean out my thinking and break some of those old habits off my life. And yeah. so if I am willfully going back into that old man and that old slavish way of living, then I literally am bringing myself back under the bondage of sin. Yeah. But if I am, if I am, and this is a great majority of Christians live this way, they very much do want to live out this right identity of the new creation yeah. and want the freedom and want the blessing and want the intimacy and the relationship with Beautiful. God that happens. So, so in my, in doing that, in that place of wanting to live in purity, um, it's, it's, you're not willfully holding on to resentment. You're not willfully mm -hmm. holding on to wrong things. You're not willfully going to sin. I still might make mistakes, but the moment I make it, I become aware and I repent and mm -hmm. I'm immediately again, cleansed, forgiven. Yeah. And so, Old habits are, are leaving yeah. and, and they leave more quickly, the more surrender and the more openness we That's have good. to the Holy Spirit in yeah. our lives. That's yeah. it. So those old habits die away. The more we receive, we've got more of God into our life, the quicker we let them go. That's great. And so because of the resurrection, what we're celebrating today, we're no longer sinners. We're sons and daughters. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people and the cross is important, but don't just stop at the cross. Amen. Yeah. Because... Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's more to come. Yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. promised there's more to come. There's a yeah. Holy Spirit to come, and we are seated with Christ. If I sin now, I'm not a sinner who sins. I'm a son who sins. Saint. But if my identity is still a sinner, mm. well, what do sinners do? Mm. Sinners sin. And so my behavior will be a natural mm. outworking of where yeah. my identity is. Yeah. But if I'm a son who mm -hmm. sins, then when I sin, I'm acting contrary to my nature. Yeah. Mm. My nature is as a son now yeah. because of the blood of Jesus, because of the redemption. Amen. Amen. And because I'm seated with him, Amen. there's no need for me to sin because I'm a son. Amen. I'm settling for less. Mm. And I don't want to settle for less. Amen. I want to behave yeah. like a son. Amen. I don't behave like a son so that I'll be a son. Right. I behave like a son yeah. because I am one. Amen. Amen. And so when I sin, when my, when my boys do something that's, you know, at sometimes less than my intention for them. If they disobey me, they're great kids. But if they disobey me, I don't tell them, 
you're disobedient. I tell them, hey, you're you're a son Amen. who doesn't need to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This disobedience is contrary yeah. to your nature. Yeah. And it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. And so that's an example of as parents calling our children into their mm. right identity. And that's what the Spirit of God does on the inside of the believer. If you um, start to really listen to the Holy Spirit in you and really ask him, come and make yourself known in a bigger way, he will. And in your life, the Holy Spirit will lead you into greater revelation right. of who Jesus is, greater truth. And um, he will, like, a fa like he's mentioning mm. about our sons and him as a father, calling his, his, our own kids into right identity. Yeah. The Holy Spirit in us keeps calling us and keeps those corrections happening in yeah. us to call us into that right place of identity. Beautiful. So, yeah, we, we can trust Him. Yeah. We have a good Father. We, we have do. a good God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. They're, they're good. He is. Yeah. He's a good, good Father. Yeah. That's Don't a song. It. Sorry. No. <laughs> I'm not going to bust that in the song. So the last question that we had here is, what impact does the resurrection have on me? So we've shared with you uh, the, why Easter is important. We've shared with you how we know that Jesus raised from the dead. We've shared with you what it means to be part of God's family. But what direct impact does the resurrection have on me? And I think Romy's done a great job of sharing that we have hope beyond the grave. Oh, I love this. That when we die, it's not just that's it. It doesn't mean that our, our, our existence is over. It just means that our life here on earth is over. But there is an eternity. And if we believe in Jesus, then our eternity is with Him in heaven. And there is hope. There is life beyond the grave. But it's not just about looking to heaven, is it? Because it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 10, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin... The Spirit gives life because of Amen. righteousness. Amen. Amen. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. We have in us the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Amen. When Jesus Amen. ascended into Amen. heaven, He mm. promised, yeah. I will send a helper. Yeah. And He yeah. can't come unless I go. Yeah. So when He raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, He sent the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit, if we ask Him, and if we surrender our heart to Jesus, will come and take residence in our mm. heart. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in us. Amen. 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 It's no small thing, uh, but I think people do to make that small and do minimize it. Mm. If you just sit and meditate on that a little bit, it's the same power that was exerted at the moment where Jesus was raised up from the dead out of the grave yeah. to back to life. Like it, it, it can rest, mess, like really mess with your thinking, yeah. but in the best way. And so I really do encourage you, like think, what does it mean for Jesus to have been raised to, from, yeah. you know, back to life from the dead? What does that mean for me? Because if it means, if the Bible, by the way, there's another, it also says it in Ephesians, the same thing. This is Ephesians 1, is same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. The same power. Mm. And so it's the Holy Spirit that is alive and at work in you and is alive and at work in me and all around about us. That yeah. is um, the most personal, powerful person on the planet. And I say person because he, the Holy Spirit is a person to be known. Mm. He um, feels like you and I feel, mm. he experiences joy and grief like you and I feel. And um, he's a very relatable person and wants you to know him. And it's a simple, yeah. so I, oh, oh, 
wasn't thinking to say this, but I do want to help people understand the same way you would just talk to any person in your world and have yeah. any conversation with anybody. Yeah. You can talk to God the same way. Yeah. I mean, on, on, look, put honor into it like it's God you're talking to. So yeah. realize... Um, don't, no, cu don't cuss a guy, that's what you're saying. <laughs> don't, but, but even if you do, because that's your lifestyle, it really doesn't matter. Like he, he can, True story. He can, he's the one who takes care of all of that. True it's story. not like harsh Christian coming behind you going, stop that. No, Holy Spirit, he is God and he's pure, but he's God. And he, he just wants to have relationship with yeah. us. And so that ability for us to just go, help me on this journey. Help me on this journey to know you, and, and, and I want to. I want to be able to talk with you. I want to be, be able to hear your voice. And um, the Bible talks about um, us having spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. Yeah. That's that's different to these physical and these um, these yeah. physical eyes and ears that can really see into the spirit realm and see spiritual things or, or and or visions, and then also be very well acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit in your yeah. life. And so God. You know, I'm married to my husband, and if I lived in the same house and I didn't hear him speaking to me, mm. we wouldn't have much of a relationship, would we? And the whole point of God with us, the Holy Spirit with us now, is that he wants to have this beautiful relationship where I, you, you, can, you can hear his voice and you can interact in this daily, daily conversation. What, what if I yeah. did all the cooking and cleaning but still didn't talk? So. <laughs> would that work? No. <laughs> what if I did all the laundry... All the homeschooling. No. Took your test for you for your MDiv program. But that's just doing stuff, isn't it? But still, because none of this you. relationship that we have with God is about doing the doing the doing. What if I did the floors too? And it's, the it's still, it's still not about doing. The hmm. aspect of our aspect of us being created in His image is that He wanted to have a relationship with you and I. Yeah. He wanted to have that ability for him to communicate back and forth with us and love us and that we'd be known as his yeah. and we'd know him as ours, dearly, dearly ours. Does it mean I never so, have to do any of that stuff as no, long as I, really I talk want, to? I really want his help with that stuff. It <laughs> makes for a lot of sanity in my home. <laughs> but see, the funny thing is I do those things uh, because we're in a relationship and it's both. It's the communion with each other, but the things that I want to do uh, for her um, are because of our communion and our relationship. So doing for God is not what builds the relationship. No, no, never, 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 can't. No. Never but we can do the things yeah. out of that yeah. relationship. Yeah. Mm. You know, truth is Jesus brings dead things to life. Amen, amen. That's what he does. Mm. He brings dead things to life. He raised a guy from the dead. His name was Lazarus. And he even raised himself from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he brings dead things to life. He brought us to life. We were dead in our sin, just like all of you. But yet Jesus rose us to life again. Not because we did good things, but because we put our faith and our hope and our trust in him. Because our good things could never earn God's favor or his salvation. But it's a free gift that he gives mm -hmm. to us. When, G when God became man in the person of Jesus and walk this earth. He taught us great things. He had the most incredible teachings that you'll ever hear on justice and mercy and God's will and the kingdom of heaven and all of these great concepts. But ultimately, he came for one reason. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says his eyes were set like flint to the cross. He came to die. He came to die so that we don't have to. He took our sin on his body on the cross. He took our sickness on his body on the cross. So that through the shedding of his blood, 
We can have forgiveness of sin and we can be reconciled to God as sons and daughters. I mean, I mean. But like any gift that you get, it requires us to receive that gift Mm. and open it up. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to leave that gift sitting on a shelf gathering dust. We need to access Mm. the grace that God has for us. And the Bible says it's by grace through faith that you're saved. Mm. The way that we open up the gift of eternal life that God gave us is through faith. Mm. It's by believing that He is the Son of God. Believing that He died for our sins and receiving that gift. And so what we would like to do now is give you that opportunity to to, to receive the free gift of eternal life that God has for us. You can do it through a simple prayer right where you're sitting right now. If you're watching us live or if you're watching this recorded months later, you can still pray this prayer. And it's not magic words that does this, but it's the desire of your heart. And so we're going to lead you in a prayer. And you can repeat the words after me, but don't just repeat my words because it's the condition of your heart that God's most interested in. But make it your prayer today. Why don't you pray with me? If this is the desire of your heart, to give your heart to Jesus and become part of His family, then why don't you repeat these words after me? Say, Dear Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. And I want your life flowing through me. Send your Holy Spirit into my heart so that the same power that raised you from the dead can live in me. I thank you that I am now part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer today, we'd love to know about it and to kind of help you in this decision. You can reach out to us on social media via private message, Instagram, or Facebook. Or if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to info at seashorechurch.com. But we would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.